0: Hello, Gracefully Chosen Community, and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster care, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and I'm super excited because on today's cast episode, we are back here in August. We're excited for you to get to know my featured special guest for August, Cheryl Wilms. Aside from being a mom, author, and speaker, Cheryl is... The founder of Fundamentals for Foster Care. She is also Miss Southwest. 2022 presenter at the Advanced Foster Care Topics virtual retreat hosted by Dr. John DeGarmo. How are you?
1: Excellent. Thank you for the introduction.
0: No problem. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Could you please share with the listeners a bit about your past as it relates to foster care? Yeah,
1: I was a foster kid myself. I know you were too. So deep into our core, the emotions of that gave me a deep passion for the way I wanted to be treated And I kind of felt like I have to do something about it. Can't ever stop trying to make life better for those that are in the foster care system. Cheryl, could
0: you tell listeners a little bit about how your sister first started in the system and then how that affected you and then how you became part of foster care? Thank
1: you the question. Mm-hmm. I'm just starting telling my story. I was five or six years old. I had an older sister. that was six years older than me. My mm-hmm. role model. She just seemed so confident and no matter what anybody said or did, she mm-hmm. stood up for herself and she always found a way to make life better for me and her mm-hmm. both. Taught me a bunch of skills. We shared a room, so I knew she wasn't happy and their word of use came up and yeah. she asked me if I knew what that was, but I was just, you know, not mm-hmm. even in kindergarten. I remember when I going to run away, I mean like putting the pillows there, like you know my parents would come in and check if we were asleep and that was part of the reason she ran away is Dad would watch us sleep. How mm. creepy is that? Mm. I feel like often in abusive families, they pick one kid to abuse. I was not being abused, but she was. Mm. I remember going to friends' houses and she would have whip marks all over her arms. Mm. Be like, what happened? And then would be mm. like, well, why don't you have those? And parents said she did bad things, but I never saw it anything and so being so confused when my sister was removed and then there were court hearings and can you imagine being a five or six year old before asking you did your dad touch you inappropriately um well you know, if he doesn't, is your sister lying, like, like, wanting to cry through it all and, like, stop asking me questions? So I went through my first family court hearing when I was just five or six years old, and my sister kept being sent back home, and the abuse would just get worse for her, so mm-hmm. she kept running away. And they just gave up, let her stay in foster care. At first, I was happy for her because I knew that's what she wanted, mm-hmm. and then I was like... I got them all alone. I think they're kind of crazy parents. They have some undiagnosed mental health issues and just dad really looked up to hiller. So, I mean, if you want an idea of what life was like, we lined up and if we weren't this ideal weight, we would get whipped. I mm. just happened to be within the ideal weight range at that point. But my sister was too skinny, and if I gained any weight, I was on the borderline too heavy. My dad wanted us to fear him, so get used to what you're used to. I didn't know anybody else might have a different upbringing, but yeah. the abuse started really soon after my sister left, and the threats of, if I do what my sister did, mm-hmm. betray him, you know, I'm so much worse. Terrifying, really confused about why my sister was in foster care, but... I wasn't. <laughs> Will I ever see her again? Is she alive? My dad would say that she was being raped every day in foster care. So it wouldn't be better for me there. And got really shy and timid and just tried not to talk to anybody. It was questions throughout the whole neighborhood. of them. What happened to your sister? I you like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Your sister doesn't just disappear. It was a really hard upbringing, but I just kind of retreated into academics and
0: think quiet. Appreciate your honesty and can imagine that, you know, just any of that is kind of hard to talk about. When you got older, did you start to understand more in relation to the marks and actually seeing what she went through? Or did it just take a different path for you? Was it just more so psychological for Verbal abuse.
1: That is a really excellent question. My teenagers were worse even in my childhood because I think the developing hormones and just, I was starting to figure things out, feeling like I needed to be a detective. Go through our drawers since we shared a room and look for notes saying to her friends. I used to file for my dad. He always had a lot of jobs for me growing up, but I tried to look through the filing cabinet when he wasn't around and look for like some sort of (laughs) confessions. I couldn't find anything, and I knew he had tape-recorded her calls because I remember hearing them played in court of her just talking to her friends. He was mm. trying to use it as evidence that she was rebellious. So when I was talking on the phone, i hear these clicks and stuff, and I mm. knew I was being recorded, but I couldn't prove it. I'd be, like, looking at all the phone decks yeah. and his tape recording it from and that was kind of what my upbringing was like then as a teenager was just really trying to be sure of what happened we weren't allowed to talk her name like utter her name or oh i would have gotten hit so bad how do you just forget about yeah. doing love so i think though that you know there was this one memory that always haunted me and that was when my dad fondled me i was yeah. asleep in my mom's bed yeah. but he said mom and that's the truth don't ever tell anybody and so with my mom telling me that's what happened thought that's what happened so i didn't tell anybody figure it out like that didn't make sense i think that maybe something could have happened to my sister and Bill comes back it's the truth it's like because as a kid you don't understand anything and so yeah ptsd then has become a part of my adult life
0: yes um listeners cheryl does go into snippets of PTSD in her presentation about reforming the foster care system sophomore year you were placed in foster care what triggered that was that for you not to be in the home
1: so I was a straight-a student I had even skipped a grade because I mean I wasn't ever concerned about having friends I just read I was a bookworm suddenly when I was a teenager this depression set in and yeah. the reality of things and I just couldn't handle it wander around in the woods and ask yeah. God the meaning of life and if God exists and i needed to know some purpose because i just had no motivation anymore to try to please these parents that weren't ever going to love me no matter what i did i started missing school that's when the abuse got really bad physically it was just an excuse for him to really ruin my reputation i was always like a model kid before that but I was yeah. skipping school he would just drag me by my hair and force me to go to the mall and get applications for every single place and sometimes in my pajamas I mean yeah. it was just like he was all about humiliation and I just needed to fear him and do what I was told and yeah. I just could not focus in school I'd go but yeah. I felt completely empty and yeah that PTSD really got in the way of academics nobody understood because it was yes. like oh you're so smart how to go yeah. from an A student to an F student and like that it was so traumatic beating on the door because i had locked the doors i didn't want to go out and called the police on me driver's permit so mm. i didn't know what to do i was stuck at the mall so when i got home there were police waiting for me constant non-stop drama yeah. so i just said the one thing that i thought might get a reaction out of him and it was like you will abuse my sister actually said her name he took me by the hair and mm. Yeah. So then he's like, Okay, now you don't have to go to school. I was trying to run away so I could actually yeah. show somebody all the marks. He just kept a watch out of me, like, you know, of course double yeah. lock the door, do this chasing thing with the gun <laughs> it tried terrifying. And so, anyways, yeah. that led to one day taking me by the hair, dragging me down to the trash can and said, I don't want you anymore. He made me try to call everybody I knew and try to find a place to stay. You're not my daughter, I'm not signing papers for you. So yeah. the neighbors saw him one day dragged me by my hair down to the trash can and kept trying to go back up He came back out and kept dragging me down to the trash can and said I was trash. neighbors reported please really
0: sorry to hear really just that trauma you went through Cheryl did that kind of bring you more clarity as far as okay now I understand what happened with my sister oh yeah I
1: remember when Went into foster care. It was the first time someone believed me because yeah. I didn't report the abuse when I was little, but yeah. as a teenager, I did. Parents were gonna move me alone when I did have two brothers to Alabama from Chicago, and it was just a red flag to me. and just, yeah. oh my gosh, they're gonna torment me nonstop. Because if my brothers see it, they were gonna least somewhat stopped my dad from that. So my brother was a senior in high school, and my other brother was a sophomore in college. So he could take me down to Alabama, socially isolated, didn't know anybody when I was going through all this, and I tried to tell the high school, like, Mm. yeah, that's the problem, you just don't want to go down to Alabama, you don't like the South, and I'm Uh, like, no, I have a really bad feeling about this, but so much of the time, things were normal, like, my parents could be really nice people, and so... It'd always be like, Am I imagining these things happen? No. Why are they happening? I was just the most confused girl. It started making sense once I was actually in foster care. I'm like, people are actually believing me and they're believing since there was a witness <laughs> because I still have family members saying oh he's not abusive it's going through teenage years they're trying to get you help and I really was happier in foster care even though it was far from
0: perfect. That is very difficult when you know you're basically crying out for help to authority that you feel should be in place and they're not kind of shows us a lot of times how the grip of abuse can also manipulate environments. No child should go through that. Appreciate you taking time to express that. And I know it's not easy. In your presentation, you were saying that the child is not the one being removed from the situation, but instead the abuser. I highly agree to that. Family counseling, family services should be like there to help the family as a whole. When you got reunited with your sister, did y'all have that sit down? Did you talk about her experience, your experience, was there some healing there? Did any revelation come to light?
1: I learned my sister was more confused, lacked out memories. She didn't remember like any of it. She had a family, she had two kids and a husband. It just yeah. thought it wasn't good for her to go back when I shared my memories and asked if she experienced anything like that, she was like, yeah. It is exactly that. It wasn't like me and her were being raped every day. I know that. The pap smear said she wasn't a virgin and she was 11 years old. Sister was not like that. I mean, she was popular but not like that. We were raised in a really strict environment. I feel like that pretty much proves that he had assaulted her but she doesn't remember it. I was like, well, did you testify about that? And she was Like, well, you know what it's like with all these people pressured in foster care and you don't really know what abuse is when you're told there's no such thing as abuse. Not like you've ever sat down and thought about it. Her memories were almost exactly identical and I just realized that she was even more confused as me and I think I actually more just helped her have closure because she was so mentally and spiritually abused dad apparently would send her bible verses like she's the prodigal child like you know i have just always wondered if i would have stayed at home that would have been better because she got passed around a lot and rejected and it was like you know what it's like like nobody really wants to just run away yeah. and then you're either a homeless kid yeah. or you're living from place place with strangers it's just a scary feeling
0: thank you for sharing that as well it sounds like he had still a connection to her even with her being in foster care and because that's extensive form of abuse where the person's not there, but you can still reach out to them. A lot of times with abusers, especially depending on the abuse and also the trauma behind the abuse, stuff does cause a blackout or I can't remember that. Listeners, I highly advise you to go listen to Cheryl's presentation. Talks about reforming the foster care system. Could you tell listeners about how the foster care should be reformed? There's dynamic social workers, individuals, there's leaders, but as a whole, kids and youth do get failed. To worse abuse even in foster care I know that's a, a very hush hush thing to say but could you tell listeners of how the foster care should be reformed and how can that be tackled
1: the first step is really actually getting an agreement with the leaders in the foster care system mm-hmm. because even making that presentation I asked a few people that I really respected that had been in foster care to look it over you know there's a lot of controversial when it comes to mm-hmm. how to reform foster care learned a lot actually through given that presentation because some of my motivation came from I wanted to be a parent to all these kids in foster care and really yeah. treat them like family because I know the feeling of, yeah, I loved your presentation when you said people that do it need to do it for the right reasons, please, yes. or just yes. don't even take in these kids. Yeah, I also experienced people just being like, you are just a normal foster kid, you know, they don't get extra money for me so I yeah. wasn't like special or important. Yeah. In comparisons to their biological kids, yeah. but it just, yeah, I never be really their kid it hurts so badly though so i really think that we need to be pickier about who's taking in these kids but since there's a shortage of homes it's yeah. like how do we do that so that's why the whole first step that i talked about it has to do with less kids going into foster care yeah. and i do think that's a solvable problem i do think that a lot of families just need support they yeah. want it. They want the help. day. probably 50, 60% of families that have their kids removed. I don't think they needed to be removed. But mm. I do think that in my situation, my parents weren't willing to go through a day of counseling or anything yeah. to keep me. They didn't even want me. So it wasn't resolvable through prevention for my story. You know, those people just think it's completely preventable, nobody should go into foster care. Because, I mean, some parents who die and they have orphaned kids and then just some that just really abusive and dysfunctional also. But I think that when we come to agreement, As leaders, that's when we can start taking the steps needed. Things that I learned is that a lot of kids do not want to be adopted at any age. Because when I was 17... I wanted to be adopted, but I didn't ever get adopted. So I don't know what that's like. And so I learned through Lena Hull's presentation about adoption also comes with grief. Since I didn't experience, it actually changed my direction in my life of where I want to go. So I wanted to adopt. Now I think I really just want to focus on the aging out support. I know that you think that's really important too. Just want to show pure love, never harm anybody. And I think that it's a really good idea to just support these young people getting on their own two feet. Because I think healing comes from independence. You just want somebody to love you, and that's going to heal you. And then people just hurt you and hurt you and hurt you. There's not enough good-loving people in the world. If there was, we wouldn't have an issue. Since there aren't often dependable caregivers, I really believe in healing through independence. A lot of us in foster care, we were very independent and very young, it's the hardest thing to try to trust somebody. And it really messes with our psyche. I think we need to get these young people on their own succeeding. We need to help them find jobs. We yes. need to help them prepare for interviews. We need to help with things. They Living in a dorm, it was just so hurtful not having anybody help me move yes. some stuff in. My roommate, her whole family, yeah. extended family, come in as like a party when she moved in and got the fridge. I mean, I was grateful for all this stuff. But she'd be like, where's your family? Where's yeah, your people? And I had yeah. I didn't want to answer that and so that they can have stuff in their dorm room that we give them yes. the microwave we help
0: disheartening, especially when you are going from elementary to middle to high school in foster care. For me, unfortunately, had homes where they were more concerned about the stipend. You just said, you already get picked on one for being a foster child. It's just like a thing that everybody knows. I don't know why it's looked at as such a, oh, you're so different But it is. Coming from a home where my clothes were from the thrift shop, too old for me, hair wasn't kept up, top of medical and dental issues that was beyond my control, you know, it was hard because kids are cruel. Like you said in your presentation, it's so true that a lot of foster alum really don't find themselves, mostly until later in life, coming to a sense of I have purpose, part of my purpose, to then help those in need. I commend what you're saying about there needs to be more of an awareness right where they are. I guess that's the overall message, which of course Dr. DeGromo does. You do events for secure topics. Your testimony is awesome. Did you share with listeners your adulthood had a major turnaround in just dynamic ways? Could you tell listeners of the journey of becoming Miss Southwest and just really becoming a leader, a speaker, an author, a parent? How did it happen for you? It really was
1: all about love first step was getting to get reunited with my sister. That happened around when I was 30 years old, and that was my biggest dream at the time the whole time. My kids being born also did. I hate to say this, I didn't really even love biological kids, I didn't think, yeah, um, and yeah. I didn't thought I was infertile too, I had a lot of miscarriages. Kids were kind of this miraculous, gift. you now why that was part of my journey, yeah. because I'm so afraid to have kids of my own, like yeah. what if they're like me? I didn't like myself, but having these beautiful kids, Aww. that they do have a lot of qualities yeah. that I had, and it's like, what's so wrong with them? They're beautiful, they bring me so much joy, yeah. and the love and the pride that I had, for my kids really helped me feel better about myself. Yeah. You know, there was abuse that occurred. It wasn't all in my head. And one time I tried to have a Zoom video chat with my mother and she was just comparing my, why doesn't she know how to say the word giraffe? She was like less than one years old. Like, oh, your brother's kid. He can do it. Constant comparisons yeah. and putting me down really cemented. Head that I had to raise myself or my kids were put to bed and was this kind of mother that I was to my kids, the kind of mother I've always wanted to be. I keep mothering myself. Yeah. But my kids love too, and we're really close. We yeah. love to spend time together. That's been my therapy and part of the reason I developed the Steam Toy program is because my kids love to do the Science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. And we have like every STEAM toy imaginable. So they were my STEAM <laughs> toy tester. Awesome. We'd be spending time together, and I was still going through a lot of trauma. Yeah. There was a divorce. I got raped. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a lot of trauma. Spending time mm-hmm. with my kids really therapeutic, healing through it. So I was like, this isn't just inside and yeah. these steam toys were just helping me to relax a little bit and get through some tough time healing that you know it might be good for foster kids it's trauma on you know wherever they are i do hear some cute stories of like when they're putting together robotics teenagers might come over and help the younger foster kids and they do teamwork and i just love those stories as i've been healing i just have wanted to you know bring people up with me and healing together i think a lot of us are pioneers in this i didn't yeah. even think Growing up, child abuse was really a term to recognize that is legit. And we live in an era, at least, where we can openly talk about it. Yeah. And I think we're making progress. But like you said, I think all of us leaders, at least in the advanced foster care topics, got into what we did because yeah. nobody else was stepping up. Change things and we were devastated like you know Dr. John DeCarmel his TED talk
0: about how he lost that girl heart-wrenching and
1: I really related to being that kid because yeah yeah, people wanted to throw me in a mental institute and just give up on me and it's like I just that somebody cares is like the foster care point of view and so he stepped up the leadership and you know you and her the way you wanted to be treated so you stepped up the Mm -hmm. leadership that's the people that we do need to reform it we just need Mm. to know how we want to be treated or how we want our own kids to be treated and not accept less for foster kids
0: yes be sure all this so true. It's dynamic to hear you talk about the steam toys and listening about your fundamentals for foster care. How dynamic your service is! And yes, I do want to partner with you, intensive okay. level. I was just telling our fellow alum Danny how maybe we all could come together as the AFCT alum and maybe that could be like a unified effort. But could you tell listeners about your fundamentals for foster care? I started off
1: with any kind of volunteer thing besides anything related to foster kids, just because I knew. I- it was so close to the fire. Yeah. Nobody's ever accused me of not having passion for this work. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> when kids are like abused, I just lose my mind. Like I thought, I really wasn't ready for it yet, and it really was a spiritual calling yeah. that. But like God put other things on my heart, though, to care about it. There were people dying, and I was actually thinking of HIV in particular. They didn't have family around, and they're kind of controversial topics, but I just think there should be no reason why people kick out their kids, you know, like the LGBTQ community, a lot of them end up in foster care because of rejection, and so I was just like, I don't have all the answers to the universe. I don't know if this is right or wrong. I just know I want to serve people that have terminal illness because... I had this fear that people were telling him, like, they deserve this, like, you're saying, and so you deserve die. and I think oh God just put it on my heart, like, oh my. I love my people, I love yeah. people, you know, yeah. he created these people, like, he loves them, and so many just turn away from religion because they think God hates. Just don't no. believe in it because I don't yeah. think God hates. I really believe God loves yeah. all of His creations, and that's all I just wanted to do: serve people and just be consistent with this message. Yeah. But I eventually came around to volunteering for Casa and was giving Steve toys to my Casa kids. That was the only thing I knew that I was doing great from that i'm really good at picking out thoughtful gifts my kids helped me with that of just telling me what kids like their age and yeah because even in my caustic case it was so stressful relatives might still be pretty abusive yeah. but you know living in foster homes are not treated like family and there's not always some viable option so I was just like okay no matter where these saying let's just give them gifts that empower their education if they love basketball let's get them some basketball If they love reading through pj mass let's get them some pj mass books (laughs) and they went off so well that everybody smiled and were hearing about the toys that i had picked out so i was like joy doing that it gets away from doing that let me just quit all the (laughs) time (laughs) it's everyday pick
0: out toys for foster kids that is awesome imagining the kid right now getting a present from you and that being the thing that kind of like really helps them right where they are and just encourages them on another level and that's what they're looking for they just want to know that you're listening and that you care and also in your presentation you was talking about this dynamic counselor or advisor.
1: I the Holy Spirit even as a teenager, and I was telling me I needed to go to this Christian school, and my parents didn't want me to go, but I had made dinner for my family for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I started really young, and I was <laughs> supposed to have an allowance, so I spent my entire allowance really knowing that God wanted me to go to this school. Yeah. As soon as I went in, you know, I got directed to the counselor at this Christian high school, yeah. and he talked to me, he listened to me, just give me Mozart Sleep. He was really a voice for me. Send me Bible verse. If I would be wandering off when I tried to go to class some angel yeah. and slip me a note. I'd open it, say it's something like for oh, I know the plant the plants Aww. I have research, the Lord plants for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope <laughs> and- Plus, he was so cool. He was just going through the halls, like, holding people's backpacks. He was, like, the coolest person at <laughs> the school. So when he walks in and he gives something to me, all the kids were like, oh, why, why did he like you so much? That just would make me smile. Yeah. And in my heart, I formed this, like, he's the father I yeah. always wanted, yeah. and he wasn't ever creepy to me. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> I mean, it was pure calling yeah. to fire kids from hard places and he went to my wedding and he's on my Facebook now and now he is actually a principal at a Texas school and I remember just sending him around the message, thanking him again, and he was like, you know, he thought I was an answer to prayer because he was debating which school to go teach at, and it's oh. Texas, that's where his wife was from, and he that's it, I'm going to Texas, when I just get this message that, you know, God loves me, and oh. he's so proud of me, it was like, he means more to me than I'm sure he ever realized. Oh. In high school, my dad made sure I did, so oh, I was yeah. still this high school dropout on crying and devastated and thinking I was worthless, but at least there was somebody helping those words of life
0: into me then yeah. confirmation that god still had a plan despite everything that he knew where to plant you how to stir your heart who knows for you just listening and going with that unction where god connected you with that dynamic mentor vital as far as your development so happy to hear that sounds like that's part of your mission as far as what you do with fundamentals for foster care really kind of meet the youth right where they are and then especially the steam toys and how those gifts just brought smile and joys to the hearts of many youth also hearing you talking about just the joy of your kids and really it's like god giving you back a gift also congratulations to you again for For being Miss Southwest 2022. How was that journey?
1: Jamarrah Haynes Lewis, she won Miss Social Ambassador USA. I always say social ambassador. Let's just call it USA. I've always used the term social ambassadors for those that are ambassadors for foster care. But she did to her through a foster care forum and she was asking if anybody knows of something to speak up of related to foster kids. And I was like, oh, the social stigma, (laughs) foster kids is so hard. and so I got her in this mini doc I was putting together is I just thought she is such a powerful voice for yeah. those <laughs> foster care she makes being a foster care look so good she's yeah. so cool so well spoken just got connected through that she asked me if I wanted to be a part of the pageant and I was just like well she's such a great speaker <laughs> I would like to just go down that journey of yeah. um, it's like a public speaking pageant yeah. thought I'd give it a try and I put my all in. I was so used to being rejected, yeah, <laughs> foster yeah. care from my family, from everybody. It was like I thought I was worthy of it. I just yeah. thought, but yeah. nobody that seemed to really get me, like understand yeah. me, correct. Yeah. And here's a mayor of a judge, a beauty pageant queen, yeah. and this lady who founded her nonprofit and does tons of nonprofit work and they voted for me and I wow. was like, Yeah, I guess they do have those qualities. <laughs> I just remember like thinking I was gonna jump up and like almost fall down to my knees and be like, I'm not even oh, though no. I knew I was worthy, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. but it was just like, they get me. They yeah. see my heart. They see what I'm trying to do. And it really was like this big victory for me. It <laughs> means a lot to be a role model. And I was so dev- as a teen, and I just yeah. want people to know, like what Jim said, says, you are not your circumstances. Yes. Life can change so drastically for you. Yeah. I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was a teenager, but you know, you just keep doing the healing. You keep doing the right things. You keep loving people around you, and better and better. And I yeah. believe that love is beauty You're beautiful like your voice is so beautiful to me it's Aww. a little soft spoken but just you know I could listen to it all day Aww. I mean I you have that love in your voice Thank and I think it's great and no matter what happens to you I want people to just know you don't have to be a failure you don't have yes. to just Given all the people who told you you are a failure, you can make the life that you want. You are your own person. God loves you. You I I just love what
0: (laughs) I do right now. It is really great. Cheryl, thank you so much for that. And thank you for just really your beam of light and joy that you also bring to your passion and I do believe God is opening those doors for you to have that platform because it's just his way of confirming that you know you've always been special to him I thank you for just sharing that dynamic testimony, and I know there's more things to come. Could you tell listeners of your book and your services and how they can get involved? Yes,
1: yeah, so I wrote an ebook called Turning Trauma into Troubleshooting, and I'm not really one that likes to make a whole bunch of money off of it. <laughs> I yeah. just want people to read it. So, yeah. you know, you can just shoot me a message and I'll send you the Turning Trauma into Troubleshooting. We do need volunteers for fundamentals for foster care, but I like to just coordinate with other nonprofits. I yeah. think that's really important to reforming foster care so there's this big aging out event coming up july 30th in san antonio Ooh. texas having this all come and lots of aging out support i'm oh, super wow. excited that's we awesome. need volunteers for that and i was about to actually just post this list that's all the ways people can help there's oh. gonna be a dunking booth i love dunking booths <laughs> care nonprofit. I know we could yeah. first up our website. So like if it's an IT that's really helped we yeah. run off of volunteers.
0: Amazing. And Cheryl, could you also share the best email? I know you're also on Facebook, Instagram.
1: Cheryl at fundfc.org. So my name C-H-E-R-Y-L at F is in Frank, U as in Ulysses, N as in Nancy, D is in Drew, F is in Frank, C is in Charlie.org is my email. And that's Last part is the website to fundfc.org. You can check us out there. Fundfc is also on Instagram with some Fundfc. But I am Cheryl Elizabeth Williams on Instagram. And then I'm Cheryl Williams on Facebook. I so you and I are connected like that. And you can check out Fundamentals for Foster here at facebook.com slash fundfc.org. See the good we're doing. When people step up to volunteer, like this really yeah. nice lady's doing the Instagram. And she has a specialty in, I think, social media and, and marketing. And I That's mean, awesome. even the littlest things. Like, even if it's just one day a month, she posts them. It means something to me, you know? Yeah. People go out of their way. just try to do what they can because everything helps. You got to get the word out there of what foster kids are needing. And there's a lot of ways people can help. Yes.
0: Thank you so much, Cheryl, for just really your time, your journey, and the strides that you're making. I'm super excited, once again, listeners, for Cheryl to have been here because just your participation in the Advanced Foster Care Topics Virtual Retreat, once again, listeners, it is on YouTube. You can reach out to Cheryl for that link Um, to watch her presentation, PTSD, and just her journey as well. And congratulations on that upcoming event about aging out, which is a dynamic subject to kind of like help youth right where they are. I know the event is going to be amazing, really kind of, you know, helping those youth transition. Please reach out to Cheryl and network with her. If you have a nonprofit, you know, just connect with her, let her know what your nonprofit does. Hopefully, y'all can get together as a partnership or just you know encouragement or resources that can further help someone else in need. Well, Cheryl, I appreciate you taking time out of your, your schedule today to be here on Foster My Stories. So honored that your journey has been a really a testimony to now help countless youth right where they are. And I know your strides is very much appreciated. So thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, And mm. I hope we keep partnering up together. Yes. It's important to stay in contact. Thanks for having me on your Aww. podcast. It's one of my favorites. Aww, thank You're you. so informed about what's going
0: on. Well, thank You're you. You're such a leader. Aww. Such an inspiration. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I, I'm just grateful, like you, to just... I'll be able to kind of help give a voice back to these communities because you know as well as being a leader how we can kind of get pushed to the side and right now people need uh, their voices heard so I appreciate you for just sharing your testimony and also if your upbringing is community service or job connects you also to the foster adoption orphan or underserved communities I would love to have you also on the podcast you can send a guest request over to foster my story podcast that's frank mary story with a y podcast 24 7 at gmail.com and stay tuned for the full website and development with an i, not a y.com. And make sure to tune in Wednesdays Eastern Standard Time via any of the platforms convenient to you. We have Red Circle Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Audible, Amazon Music, Radio Public, or at Google Podcast there you can catch missed episodes or stay connected for upcoming guests and content i'm super excited to also for this month be premiering featured facebook live guests as well and content so please remember to tell someone as always being fostered adopted orphaned or underserved simply means you're gracefully chosen today, Cheryl provided insight to the need to reform the foster care system and how we can contribute to those efforts. If you would like to get involved, please reach out to Cheryl. And thanks so much for your time. Feel free to share this content, reach out, and foster this story. Take care.